1: Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.
2: Hello, everyone. It's your favorite podcast host here, Joe Redman, just letting you know that the Talksport fan network is now proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via the app at participating restaurants, 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Look
0: back for an One he's been threatening that recently,
2: and all the Burnley players run to the Darwin end. Burnley will win the next ball, it's a Rory now, on the outside, he's... Oh!
0: Quickly finds Benson in space at the byline. Can Burley get a goal here? Back for Brownell! Saved by the keeper! Benson! Burley brought it to the end! That is magnificent! They deserve that! Only by Phil
2: Fatella, off for a hat trick! He's got it! Hat trick for Nathan Teller! Oh, he's on fire!
3: fantastic garby,
2: here's Benson, can he go on the outside, comes inside, he sharp. a shot, and a goal, Manuel Benson once more, that is top class, Burnley have done it, fantastic, Clarets deserve the championship title, they've been the best side throughout the campaign, Burnley have won the second tier, what a fantastic
0: achievement, the players have been magnificent,
2: Yes, hello everyone and welcome along to the Turfcast podcast YouTube channel and of course the Turfcast podcast podcast with me, Joe Redmond, Sam from Clarets Roundup and Neil Layfield. How are we doing, boys? Not on right?
0: Oops,
3: oh, sorry. I, I was waiting for you to do a cue to be like you <laughs> first and then we both just said it at the same time.
2: <laughs> yeah, great start, boys. Um, but, uh, <laughs> strong, start strong, strong. Yeah, strong start. You can tell we've had a week off. Uh, you can tell we've had a week, more than that, actually. We've had a couple of weeks. So Uh, If I look tired, it's because I am. Um, Stayed up last night watching the boxing. Not really sure why. Thankfully, I didn't pay for it because I've worked for The Zone. So, you know, I get it all for free. Um, So, there is that. So, I am tired. But I'm also tired of Burnley. I'm tired of their starts of the season. I'm tired of watching them try and defend because they can't. And I am one of the ones that keeps saying, like, look, listen, it's difficult to gauge where we are at. We'll get into the debate because Sam isn't and Neil's more on the fence. Um, But good to see the comments coming in. Uh, Rolyan? I, I, I hope I'm pronouncing that right there. But it says, always thought it was going to be about survival this season, was slightly embarrassed by some of the fans' expectations. He then goes on to say, there's a big divide between the championship and the Premier League. And if the team you're yours, but the youth that pays out and keeps the club healthy, then no bother. Johan the Great is in the chat as well. He says, with what's going on at Burnley, you just have to look forwards. If you lose, it means nothing. Uh, You've just got to look at the games in the Prem that are winnable. It's like between four and nine teams. Uh, Say, if we do the double over six of those teams, that's 12 wins, that's 36 points. And knowing us, we will get draws against good teams. And I feel we will survive, but it won't be comfortable um, because the bottom three is going to be like 30 points below. Now, Joanne, we'll get into it. I'm on your side of the fence here. I'm looking at that saying, yes, if we win them games, we stay up. And I I think we'll win enough of them games. However, the problem is, and I would see what Sam's point of view is, is because we're going up against these teams that are good and half-decent and getting dicked every week, we're then putting too much pressure on these games against the teams around us, and that's when we start making mistakes. Sam, let's get started then. Your thoughts on the on the season so far, mate?
3: Yeah, I think um, w- one of the things that I'd like to put in first is, you know, th- there are a lot of positives to take. Like, going forward, we do look good. We can create chances. Um, We've shown that we can go toe-to-toe with teams. The issue with us this season, in comparison to seasons that we've seen in the past, is that we are so susceptible at being architects of our own downfall. Like We play into other teams' hands, teams especially like Chelsea and Man United that aren't in the greatest of forms, and that does... That does that. There is a point to that. Like just because the Man United and their Chelsea and they spend millions and millions of pounds on players, does not mean that when Burnley go up against them, it's just a write-off. United hadn't won a, a Premier League fixture in like three or four games, and then they come to Turf Moor and 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 somehow managed to scrape a win. That was a winnable game. The Chelsea game, you know. That second half performance was abysmal like that was absolutely yeah. horrific we just capitulated all 11 players all subs manager included every single person attributed to burnley just absolutely crumbled in that second half and those performances are becoming more consistent and that's my issue that's now becoming a consistent theme that we are just so easy Beat now, and I, I never thought I'd say that about a Burma team.
2: No, yeah, I see what you're saying. Um, the defense is the main worry for me. I know a lot of people are saying, Well, there's getting no protection. Amazing mug, by the way! Amazing mug, Dunder Cheers, Mifflin man. mug for those who can't see. Mm-hmm. Um, I've, I've been looking, I'm gonna digress here because I'm a massive fan of the US office, it's yeah. probably <laughs> my favorite show on TV. Um, but if you, what's that website where you can buy things off people that met things, is it Etsy? Yes, yeah yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, there's um, that someone sells you know, the office sign where it has, you know, oh, yeah, I'm, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm going to get it for me, don't I? am going to get it for me, don't It's
3: such a great programme. It
2: is, isn't it? It is, isn't it? Anyway, that's that's the first time I've all smiled. I'm um, not talking about Burnley. <laughs> um, but yeah, um, yeah, see what you said. My, my issue is the defence. I just think the defence mm. is so poor. Um, Al Dakel's got a lot of stick and I, I, he's only young, so I do think it's a little bit harsh. But again, I kind of get it because he has been poor. He's been susceptible at the back. But then you see the likes of O'Shea coming in and then he was worse. Um, so I'm not really sure what we do at the back. I, I agree the midfield isn't great either. It's not giving them much protection, um, but it's 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 been difficult so far. But I am one of them where I, I I will say it's difficult to gauge where we are at. But as you said in the WhatsApp group this week, Sam, now not, there's no more excuses. Now we've got Brentford and Bournemouth. Yeah. You know, we, we can't we can't be sitting here saying, oh well, you know it's you know blah blah blah. At least got good things. We need to start making, mm-hmm. uh, you know, picking up points. Uh, Neil, your thoughts on the season so far, mate. Yeah, so for me,
0: I think I've said already, but I think it's gone. On paper, if you look at the fixtures that we've played, we've got exactly what we probably would have thought we would get from these games. Like, I know mm-hmm. that's in black and white and the game isn't played in black and white. When you look at how we played, Man United was winnable, yeah, I agree with that. Uh, but on paper, we wouldn't have put us down to win that one, probably. No. Chelsea is the most frustrating one because, as you say, I think everybody from company to every man on the pitch got it wrong that day. Everybody mm-hmm. did. Yeah. So the most annoying thing for me is this season that there hasn't been progress. Like I know that we, we I've just said that we won't we won't win those games or on paper we wouldn't win those games and we've been lucky to come in a massive cluster. But what I would expect to see is that in each one of those games we're adapting and we're learning and we're showing signs that we are improving mm-hmm. a little bit, and are able to compete. Whereas I don't think we are. I think we're losing these games and if anything, getting worse. Mm-hmm. I don't think we we started we started the right city and we thought you know what we might be alright. It's Man City, blah blah blah. Yeah. Then it's been shite since. To be fair, it's been. We haven't we haven't shown any sign of. Oh, it's getting there. It's getting there. It's getting there. No. We even we even struggled against Luton, mm-hmm. which yeah, second half you know, we finished yeah. we finished twenty points ahead of them. We've hundred whatever million quid invested, and we looked worse than we did playing them last season for me in that second half. Mm-hmm. So for me, that's the most concerning thing is that it's not the defeats; it's the manner of the defeats is the concerning thing for me at the minute. And there is a lot of pressure on these winnable games now. But if we're going to struggle against Luton, then. We're going to struggle against everton we're going to struggle against um Brantford and, and teams like that for me mm-hmm. and that's the concerning thing um it's just the lack of progress that i've seen so far is what i'm worried about now
2: yeah i was going to ask a different question but i'll quickly come on to this one now and i'll stick with you neil because there's been a debate recent on the hashtags that last season's team last season's Burnley team would beat this season's Burnley team. I think I'm in the position now where I agree with that, which is a little bit. Yeah, they were spent hundred million quid, but it's 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 the fact that we don't have Martin. It's the fact that we don't have THB, who I feel would have helped us a little bit in this defensive mm-hmm. crisis. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I know we've got a lot of right wingers, but I still feel like we miss Teller. I feel like we miss Teller the least, if I'm honest. I've said that on the recent show that I yeah. did um, recently, but I do feel like them three would make a massive difference.
0: The reason that that would happen, I agree that that would happen, is because last season's team was cohesive and understood each other and they had gelled. Mm. This team has not gelled and don't understand each other yet because there's been too many changes all at once in the most difficult league in the world.
2: Mm-hmm. So yeah.
0: every every mistake now feels massive because, it well, to be fair, it is. So every mistake that these young players are making now feels massive. It's not the same making a mistake against um, QPR, for example, as it is mm. against of course, City yeah. because QPR don't punish you City do. So mm-hmm. for me, that's the only reason why last seasons probably would beat this season, is just they understood each other more. And we had players like, and I, I got a few pelts for saying this, but Trafford, for me, it starts with Trafford. He's not ready. Mirich is ready and he's a massive part of how we play. The players know how what he's going to do. He knows each player's strength on that pitch and he's a, mass, a fundamental part of VK's system, whereas Trafford isn't yet. He's still learning it. And it's mm-hmm. things like that. We've got too many players learning the system in a very, very hard league, in a massively difficult run of fixtures. Um, so that's where we are for me.
2: Yeah, fair enough. Sam, your thoughts. Do you feel like last season's team would beat this season's team? Because you were nodding quite aggressively when I said that point.
0: Yeah,
3: because I, I was having this conversation last night. So what Mattson brings to that Charlie Taylor doesn't is he's like an advantage <coughs> <abandoned coughs> fullback. So <Yeah. clears throat> Conor Roberts' role at right-back is... To basically play like another midfielder, Matson's role is to play like another winger. Conor Roberts doesn't have that; Matson does. So Matson <laughs> gives you a, an overload on the left hand side. That's why when Zereri was in that was in there playing really really well. He had the license with Matson to interchange. You know, they'd swap. They got they'd, they'd overlap each other. How would Bellis? I mean, we were getting quoted fifteen million pound for him in the summer. We've bought Delquan for a mil, We've bought Dara for six. Like Dara, in my opinion had the three hardest games at the start of the season in this spell where we all originally said first three games, that's a write-off. Like, those three games are not winnable. Then from there, in my opinion... That, that, that just doesn't stand with me at all. Like, you can't go eight games into a season and then turn around and say, well, to be fair, none of those games really mattered other than the Luton game that we scraped. Because I, I just think that's a, like, it's like a half-assed, like, you know, answer. It's like, we're not really expecting anything and we're just hoping that we can scrape through those games and get to the easy games. But, but you know, we, we signed O'Shea and it was difficult for him. For £7 million more, you could have brought in one of the best centre-backs that we've seen. We all spoke about him last season as being, you know, a potential future England captain. And he's the player where if we're following the mould of the transfer, like the transfer um, situation that we've got at the moment, young players with potential, with sell on value. Howard Bellis is a no-brainer. Like he is, mm. he was on paper the best player that we could have brought in. And we got quoted £15 million less than we thought we'd have to pay for him. And we didn't go for him. Now he's at Southampton and he's doing brilliant. So it's kind of pretty obvious. With the Teller situation, he's just rapid. He's yeah. he's the dynamic that we now have in Coliocho, but doesn't. But Coliocho isn't the the full product like Teller probably would have been. So show is still adapting and learning. So like Neil says, we have loads of players doing that now. And we said it weeks ago. We said it, you know, first week, second week, third week the Premier League is not a place for experimenting. It just isn't. If you experiment trying to bring players in and move players up through the ranks and say, Kolyosha has been good, which he has, but he still hasn't scored yet. And he's, he's not he, he he's not getting stats and statistics week in, week out. If he's beating his man, brilliant. But if we're not creating enough chances that actually end up with, you know, goals, shots on target, it, it kind of means nothing. We have so many players now learning the system, trying to gel together. Neil makes the point on muric which is absolutely spot on. muric should be back in that team. I don't know what he's seeing with Trafford so far. Trafford hasn't done anything that makes me think he needs to be Burnley's number one for the foreseeable future. Um, in, in the future, he definitely will be. But I just think there's too many players gelling together now. There's, and, and, and for me, the Premier League is not a place to experiment that type of system. My point always goes back to look at Norwich when they came up three, four years ago. They were the best yeah. team in the Championship by a mile, won the league by 20 points, won the league in match just like us, scored the most goals that the Championship had nearly ever seen, came into the Premier League, lost 4-0 to Liverpool, first game of the season. They won four games all year. Like It's not as easy as people think. And if you are, honestly thought that we'd come into this into this league with one of the youngest squads, and so many new faces, and genuinely thought we were going to finish mid-table. I, I just, I, it just baffles my brain. Like, we need, we need time to be able to get this back together, and we do have time, but it's a, it, it's, it's a tough ass now already because we're already points adrift, and teams around us are picking points up.
2: Yeah, thankfully, the time is on our side. There's a long way to go. Um, but it, it reminds me of the season we went down because we started slowly that season and then we just couldn't get going. And then because we couldn't get going, because we'd started slowly, the pressure was then on us. And then even in the yeah. games that someone pointed out earlier, like we should be winning, <laughs> the pressures then on us in then games, we met mistakes and then we don't end up pulling ourselves out of it. Um, but um, I'm just going to read the comments out in a second. I do want to stick with the Trafford Murich debate, and I've had a comment here uh, off John Robertson. Uh, good to see you in the chat, John. He says, We miss JBG massively despite his mistakes of late, Rams in his regular game time in the middle. Um, and this is the last bit I was going to just going to pull out of this comment is I like Trafford, but like Hearts, Heaton in the European season, a change can make all the difference, and that's the point mm-hmm. I've been making recently, like which you just doubling up on what you two just said, really, is, yes, Trafford's not doing that much wrong. Like, he's, he's making some OK saves, you know, he's, he's, he's doing OK, but there's just something about him that just doesn't seem to to fit with the squad. And it's the same with Hart. Like, Hart, Hart's main issue was he'd camp on his line, <clears throat> whereas Heaton would come out and collect crosses. And that took so much pressure off the defence. And I think it's a similar thing here with um, yeah. Trafford. I don't see him coming out collecting too many crosses. Granted, Mjordic wasn't the best at it, um, especially at the start of his season, but he did do it and he, he did do it though. quite well. He yeah, he did. And right. he did do it quite well towards the end of the season. Um, but another main thing is, is the ball at his feet. He's so good with it. Now, I know we haven't seen him in the Premier League with it yet, so that will be, you know, one difficult to gauge it in. We've only seen him do it against the likes of Preston and Rotherham and, and, and teams last season where he practically played in midfield. But he was so good at it and he did so well last season. He deserves a crack at the Premier League. and I don't mm-hmm. see why he isn't getting that chance I'll stick with you, no. Sam. Why do you think sorry Neil, I'll stick with you, Sam, right. just for now because you said it last. Um, why do you think <sighs> companies insistent on on playing Trafford? Do you think it's the nineteen million quid price tag yeah. and it feels a bit of pressure to Absolutely. play it? Absolutely. Yeah. Like I, I said it
3: weeks ago, like it's it's one of those situations, like I, I think I feel like I explained it really well when we talked about it a few weeks ago, but when you bring a player in and you're Burnley and you already have a player in that position as a goalkeeper and you can physically only have one player in that in that team as a goalkeeper, yeah. you normally don't you, you don't normally see a substitution of goalkeepers unless they're injured. So whoever you whoever you start is playing the whole game. We signed Murich for like what two point five three million pound. He did very 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 well in the Championship, in my opinion, and I think his distribution at his feet is unbelievable, but when you pay £19 million for a goalkeeper at Burnley, which is a huge chunk of what we actually spent all the way through the summer transfer window, I I don't know. I I think there is probably a conversation there where they're saying, listen, we can't have got this wrong. Like that's a lot of money to have got wrong and have him sat on the bench. It's just, I, I just think it's as black and white as that. They've clearly seen something from him with his ability as well. He is a good goalkeeper. There's no doubt in my mind. He is a good goalkeeper, but, you can throw players in too early. What what I see is like when we've got Koleosho on on the wing, Koleosho's thriving because of that. Trafford, in my opinion, isn't thriving. He's just conceding goal after goal. His confidence is depleting left, right, and centre. That's he's the not, thing man. That's the
2: thing. He's not vocal it's either. A... He's not vocal. Yeah, he's either. not vocal at all. I have noticed like, that. He, he, I, so I think the defence don't trust him personally. Yeah, he's so no. silent. But in fairness, then
3: the other side of the argument is if I was James Trafford, would you trust your defence? Just being honest, would you trust your defence right now? Because I will not Because they've all been, every single one of them Mm. has been shocking at some point this season. And they're they're also... No, but if
0: I'm... I wouldn't, but if I'm James Trafford, I'd make sure that I'm doing all I can. So I would be... Yeah. 50 50 right. like type yeah. thing. Like I'm still on I'm still on the Murich side, but it's a 50-50 yeah. thing. Like, is he
3: for me, I, with and are they with
0: him? Yeah, for me, right. I think I think there is a goalkeeper there. I think it is as black and white as we've spent a lot of money on him, you you're bloody well playing him, sort of thing. Mm. And I think also there's a bit of pressure on company in that he knows he's a good keeper there, and he's like, Well, I don't want to sort of waste his talent by having him mm. sort of sit on the bench. But the fact of the matter is he's come from League One to Premier League. It's massive, it's and it's in a position, yeah. and it's 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 a it's a position where you cannot make mistakes, and and mm-hmm. if you're playing on the wing or if you're playing in defence, there's somebody else who can mop up after you with a keeper that isn't, and it's it's the position where you've probably got to be the most strongest and the most confident, and if you conceded mm-hmm. as many goals as you had, someone put how many? is conceded twenty. If you conceded yeah. twenty goals, and you're new at your club, and they've spent a large chunk of money on you, like for Burnley, that's a lot of money there's a lot of pressure on you and it's not getting easier any week and I think companies should take him out of that firing line and let him develop because for me keep playing him in this yeah I agree and he keeps getting it every, every week it's it's that's more damaging to him than not playing him in my opinion mm-hmm. I think he needs to stay at the club there's obviously a player there which is why City put um, a buyback on him quite a big buyback as well oh. Um so there's obviously a player there but We've signed him we've got him he's probably a keeper for two three years time send him to the championship let him have a good season in the championship a good club mm-hmm. and then bring him back when he's had a year at a higher level mm-hmm. playing clubs who are going to come into the premier league and he's not conceding 20 goals and he's not getting peppered by i mean his first game against harland man like, what an introduction to the premier league that is um, um it's not gonna you know what i mean it's it's. Um, the, I think I think it's it's borderline cruelty to keep playing him at this point. It needs to be taken out and just let him develop away from the spotlight, away from being spoken about on podcasts like this and fans and stuff like that. Yeah, just exactly. Take him out, take him out of it, and let him grow. But at the end of the day, as well, like he's a kid, like he is a exactly kid. he's a teenager. Like oh, yes. I imagine that, in, that interview. That interview the club put yeah. on with the head traffic. He seemed good. so young, didn't he? Really yeah. young. And I don't know what it makes me sound old, but
2: like, yeah. I, mean, I felt the same, yeah. not worry. <laughs> yeah. But we it's, are old. Like, 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 well we are, yeah. If you if you if you keep him
3: in and you just keep you just keep letting shot after shot come up, because literally we concede like 14, 15 shots a game at the moment. And we concede like
2: Yeah.
3: We've pro- if we looked at an average, we probably concede about two point five goals a game. Like it's not good. It's not it's not been good to see. And from Chafford's perspective, like you say, he again come we come on podcasts like this and he's the topic of he's the topic of discussion like week in, week out. Like the kid just needs a bit of time. He's a kid. Yeah. At the end of the day, he's 19, 20 years old. Like we have to give him time, but time isn't what we have in the Premier League. So company needs to look at this and go, Right, Murich did nothing wrong to get out of the team, put him back in, everyone at the club, swallow your pride, accept it, and then yeah. Let him crack on. Need to do that. Have to make these yeah. big decisions in order to go forward.
2: I agree. Yeah. He's, he's got to have some balls now as company and, and make this decision. I don't think it would affect um Trafford too badly. I, I think I agree with what you two are saying, like keeping him in this side and conceding three, four a game and getting battered every single week on podcasts and, and on Twitter. That's going to affect him more. It's going to be better for his development now to take him out. It's going to be better for Burnley Football Club now to take him out. Because like, like, like we started this off, like... There's probably a bit of pressure there, not necessarily mm-hmm. from the board, but just from the fee that we have to play him. Like, I'd rather stay in the prem and get another year of 100 million quid. You know, if Trafford fails, Trafford yeah. fails, so be it. Just get rid and cut your loss. So you could probably still get 8 million for him, something like that. I don't think he will, though. I do think he's going to be a very good goalkeeper mm-hmm. for us in the future. But I think when, when we brought him in, I originally thought it was a case of bring him in and have him starting soon, but not now, maybe next year. Mm-hmm. But um, it's it's. I it's, thought cups. I thought he's going to play in the cups. Yeah, yeah. something like that. Yeah. Pretty much the treatment yeah. that Miroich is getting now. I thought that were going to be. Yeah. It, it'd be it been the it been the Bailey Peacock foul, and that's the thing that shows me how bad he's been recently, or how how much he's getting battered, should I say, on Twitter. I've seen some shouts that people are saying is worse than Bailey Peacock foul, and he's obviously just not. But that's, that's the stuff that we need to protect him from. He needs protecting. He will be a Burnley goalkeeper in the future, potentially a City goalkeeper, probably the England goalkeeper. Mm-hmm. But this this is such a big part in his career. And we need to get it right. And Vincent Kompany needs to get it right. But he, he needs time out of, the, out of the squad. And that brings me on nicely to my next question. Um, Neil, I'll start with you on this one. Obviously, two winnable games coming up in the Prem. What do we do with Trafford? Do we give him these two, or do we think to ourselves, "Well, we we need to win these now. Let's bring Murich in. Uh, bring
0: Murich in, but but it's not going to happen. It won't happen because I think Company's going to look at it as a point of this is a winnable game and it's a chance for Trafford to build confidence. That's what I think Company's yeah. going to be thinking. Um, yeah. I personally think now is the time. There's been an international break. Let's just bench him. You know, no fanfare or anything. Not just just bench him. Play Murich a couple of games get these wins under their belt and then, you know, um, look at the traffic situation. But I don't think it's going to happen. Well, I think it should happen, but I don't think it's going to happen. I think the company's going to look at it from um, we can, these are probably more more the games that are at our level. Let's play them.
2: That's what I think it's yeah, going to Yeah, fair enough. I I agree. I think I do think company needs to, you know, Prove that he's got some balls to make a big decision uh, and drop him now, but I, I agree. I don't think he will. I think he'll be trying to hide behind the fact that these are two winnable games, uh, and he'll be open to build his confidence. Sam, what would you do? Would you give him the two games, or would you cut him out the squad now?
3: I I, I won't have him in, like because if, if if you have him in, it's just another two weeks of having the exact same conversation. Like it's yeah. it is honestly like my Twitter feed is. I haven't even been posting on it because. All the same honest. conversations. Do we take Trafford out? Do we put Murich in? It is a little bit boring now. Like we need to just put Murich in and try it. And if that doesn't work, go back to Trafford. You've given him two weeks out of the limelight to work on his work on his goalkeeping ability, work on how he's gelling into the side, work with the goalkeeper coaches, and put himself in the team. Like play yourself into the team. Show them what you've got in training. Yeah. Do it like that. Do it behind closed doors. Don't do it in front of Sky cameras. Don't do it in front of BT cameras. And don't watch him concede three goals. It isn't rocket science now. Like, it, you have to admit, it is such a boring conversation now. Like, it's happened for so many weeks. Just put Murich in. It's not hard. Like, just try see, it.
0: See, if we, if we bring Murich in, right, I personally think... Um, it's and it's not just me being the president of the club here. I personally think it's going to help the defence master because Murich has got the balls to is imposing and he will shout at them and he'll guide them yeah. through the game. Mm-hmm. That all that back five or whatever it is is struggling, back four, back five, whatever it is, is struggling, but no one's talking to each other. They need mm-hmm. someone who knows what they're doing in there, which is Murich, he knows the system and he can talk them through the games and mm-hmm. and be vocal and he'll think, right, these lads need protection. Come out, impose himself, grab the cross, shout at them, do whatever. And that's what we need now. We need that someone at the back who knows what they're doing to just bring the others on.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I know. I know yeah. a lot of people make this comparison, and I, I do it quite a lot. But again, going back to the heat and heart debate of of the what twenty. 20- Seventeen season, whenever it was. I felt like Heaton came in and he not just collected crosses, as I said, but he bollocks the defenders because obviously Heaton was the yeah. club captain. He knew how to talk to people, he knew how to guide people through games. And I think that's a massive thing that Trafford doesn't have at the minute. But again, he's still too young. Like, and it'll come. And like like we've like we've said, I agree, Sam, it is boring. So we'll wrap this one up in a minute. But like we've said, like it is he's, he's too young, is He's obviously going to be low on confidence. We need to take him out of the squad for a bit. And Mm -hmm. it just just has to happen now for me um, against Brentford. Um, Plenty of comments coming in on the subject. Harry says Trafford is a great investment, will be a great keeper in a few years, but at the Mm -hmm. moment, Murich is a better keeper and should start. Andy Benny says, I can only imagine that to sign Trafford, he was promised to play so many games if fit. Otherwise, he may lose his place in the under-21 side. Potentially, mate, but club comes first. Um, mm-hmm. so if that promise has been made, it's time to break but that. But if promise. he's playing
0: if he's playing for Burnley's under 21, surely that's the level that the managers are looking at. They're not looking at Yeah, looking maybe at and, and, under and under getting all the cup games, games as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and getting yeah. all
2: the cup games as well. Chris says, Did Murich and VK not have a bust up last season? I think I saw some rumours, but I'm not sure if anything is, is legit on that end. But I'm not sure. No inside info on that. Uh Johan the Great said it's his position in the net for me when people see him too close to the post. Obviously, they're gonna to shoot to the other side. And he needs to be in the middle of the net so he can actually save shots. Um, he then goes on to say, uh, "Give Trafford the McNeil treatment, but as a keeper, obviously McNeil got dropped a few times in it and then came back stronger." Um, mm. Harry has gone on to say, "Don't see the harm in trying Murich now. Worst case scenario, it doesn't work and we go back to Trafford. Yeah, we can't right keep conceding three, four goals. Yeah, it's a good point. The worst case scenario is we'll put Trafford in the net and we'll lose to Brentford two three nil. But the worst case scenario is we put Murich in the net and, and we lose two three nil. You know, but." Yeah. Chances are, it's, it's going to happen. Well, not the chances are. It, it could happen with more fevers. Yeah, yeah.
3: Um, at least you've tried something else.
2: Yeah, interesting.
0: At least traffic can oh, no. then look at it and say, oh, well, it's happening to murich as well. It's not just me.
2: So, yeah. you know what I mean, exactly. Yeah, and that'll help him. That'll help his confidence. Yeah. Um, but something needs to be done, whether it's a change in defence or a change in the keeper. For me, I'd change the keeper. Um, hopefully, the Bayer injury isn't too bad. Um, Yeah, I hope so. Because I've not seen much on that. Someone did put on Twitter he's out for a couple of months, but that was just a random football Twitter account, so I'm not sure Mm -hmm. how legit that is. Um, But um, if I hear anything, I'll I'll let everybody know. But um, yeah, just going back to the defence as well, I know I think Sam Rick, you, that were a big fan of O'Shea when he came in. uh, said it on his West Brom captain and stuff like that. I agree his first few games have been difficult, but he came on in the second half uh, against Chelsea and didn't really do much there. What, What have been your thoughts on on O'Shea so far?
3: I, I do think he's a good player and I do think um, what we have lacked is is the backbone. I think as good as Aldakil is again, he's a kid. Like yeah. He's a kid with no Premier League experience. He barely played in the Championship. We didn't really give him a fair whack in the Championship. He played a couple of games towards the end of the season. He played a bit more consistency, consistently in the last 10, but he wasn't in the side for a while. Mm. Now you throw him into the Premier League against like some of the best strikers in the world, like, and then wonder why he gets caught out sometimes. It's like he's a kid in the Premier League against men. Like Harlan is, a, 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 he's twenty three, but he's a bloke. Like he is just a, <laughs> all these players are so big. It's a machine, and, mate. is it? AR goal machine. It's ridiculous. It it's ridiculous. And then Although not recently. Well, yeah, absolutely. But then but then our then our fullbacks as well. Like in my opinion, Connor Roberts. And I hate to say it because I I really really like Connor Roberts. I love him. I think he's a brilliant footballer. But he has been so poor. He's been giving the ball away too much. His balls into midfield are shocking. His balls down the line are terrible. He's hoofing the ball away. He's holding the ball too much. He's waiting for the ball to come to him. So when Trafford does play a ball to him, he's waiting, 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 and he's getting closed down closer and closer. And we lose the ball higher up the pitch. Like Charlie's actually been really good. And I think the reason why people think he's been really good is because he's gone in with no expectation whatsoever because he's the only left we've got. And I think he's, I think he's done well. I think he's the only defender, other than in the Chelsea game, where he can come away and say, Do you know what, like I- I've actually not done too much wrong. I-, I think we need to find consistency in the defense. I think we ne- he needs to know what his best defense is because we can't go into like we went into the Chelsea game. We started Bettino at right back. Connor Robertson there. Yeah, I mean,
2: I was astounded but, by that. Uh, like,
3: like Del Del-Croix, was he centre half with um, without yeah. it's
2: yeah. like.
3: All this stuff is like like this. This Everybody else in the Premier League has the same defense. Look at teams like Brighton, Brentford. It's the same defense all the time. Like Ethan Pinnock, Ben Mee for Brentford, and then some fullbacks are always the same. You know, Rico Henry. Then you've got a Brighton, you've got Lewis Dunk, you've got, uh, you know, Vesterman of the world, you know, Tariq Lamptey, all these good players, Esther Pignan. Like these are, uh, and they're always consistently in the lineup. Our defense. Over these eight games has been different nearly every single week. I think we need he needs to find his defense when injuries have obviously you know died down. He needs to find his defense and stick with it and just and just say like, you guys are going out every single week and if you're not performing, that's when we drop you. But it feels a little bit like you have one week. Oh, you're not doing your job. You're out. Uh, we'll try this. That will yeah. work. Never man, you come out again. We'll put you at left centre back instead this week. It's like just, be, just do consistent, just do it all consistently. Just play a defence, try it, see what happens.
2: Yeah, it's not just defensive, is it? Like he's been a bit of a tinker, man. I think VK is too much. Too much. He's mm-hmm. it, been tinkering too much. And yes, he was forced into the change with Delcour, mm-hmm. with Bayer being injured. I, I respect that. But then why try something different? Like. The defence, like you said, you need consistency in the defence, probably more than anywhere on the pitch. You need you need your back five, like including the keeper or whatever it is, to be the uh, as the pretty similar week in, week out. Maybe tweak the full backs, or if you need to, tweak a centre back if you absolutely need to, um against certain opponents. But but changing it too much is is just gonna is just gonna cause issues. And that's exactly what it's done. So if he's got to change Beyer because of the injury and bring Del Quar in. Don't change the right back as well, especially for what most people believe to be a championship quality right back. Like, and, and I think that showed, like, yes, as S. Wellerman has just put in the comments, and I've, I'm not ignoring all the other comments. I so will get to him. It's just because this is relevant to this bit. He says, glad Roberts has been called out here. His ball retention passing and all-round effort has been miles off. Yeah, he has been poor. Probably disagree on the effort bit. But his, his ball retention's been shocking. He's been passing it into midfield, just giving it away. <clears throat> but he's still better than Vitino. It's it's not it's mm-hmm. it's not Roberts' fault that, you know, we didn't sign somebody else that was decent enough to deputise him. Like I think VK got a lot wrong, and VK seemed to get away with that. Some people have recently been saying, Yeah, we've got a lot he's got a lot wrong, but he's got a, he's got away with a lot of criticism. And I think he's making mistakes with the Trafford. He made a lot of mistakes earlier in the season, tampering with that left back situation and, and not just playing Charlie. And now he's and now he made a mistake against Chelsea as well. Yes, V K is a young manager. Yes, V K is also going to make mistakes. But I don't know, Neil. I, I just I just thought V K made too many changes against Chelsea, especially at the back.
0: Yeah, I agree. Um, I know that we were struggling with injuries there because obviously someone's mentioned that guy there, and I mentioned it in my full time one that I think he needs to be in that team. But um, yeah, it's not just against Chelsea. I think there's been too many changes club wide um we should have kept the, the core of last season's team and added and, and then brought players in around that and then gradually brought them in which is what i think they should have done i know it's it's easy as a football manager player to say that i'm not an actual football manager but it's there's been too many changes for premier league for me personally we've got basically a brand new 11 playing he doesn't know his best team yet um and it is it is catching up with him in the last couple of games i feel but well, yeah, the Chelsea. Every, as I said, everybody got it wrong against Chelsea. Everybody on that pitch was wrong. PK yeah,
2: down to yes. every player, manager as well. Mm-hmm. I'm glad you mentioned yeah. Ekdal because, like you said, there are some comments coming in. I'll quickly read them out and then I'll come to you. Some about your thoughts. Andy Benny says, "Think we're missing Ekdal too." I know he's not as quick as some of the others, but he seemed to read the game much better. Uh, and Johan the Great said, "What about Ekdal? When is he back?" I like him. Not going to lie, I think he's fair decent. Now I'm going to go. He's comfortable got, on the ball, isn't he? He is. He is. He's better mm-hmm. on the ball. But I don't know. The, the people's stock always seems to rise when they're not in the team, when the team isn't doing well, and that's what's happened here with Ekdal. Eckdal's a good player, and I probably would play him at the minute because you know we've we've got too many bad issues uh, issues at the back. But I don't think he's is the savior that people are making out. He got caught. I think was it against QPR last season with his pace. He gets caught out with his pace too much. He's better on the ball and he reads the game better. I, I admit that. But in the Premier League, his pace is going to get punished even more like it did last season. I do like him. I would start him probably ahead of um, Aldakil at the minute if Bayer's back. Aldakil, uh, uh, take Aldakil out and O'Shea out, and I'd, I'd have Bayer and Ekdal. But I, I don't know. We'd have to play probably a little bit deeper to try and help with his pace. Sam, what are your thoughts on Ekdal? Uh
3: Before he got injured in the Championship, he was our best defender, like... That shadow of a doubt, like he he when when we went to Norwich and won three 0 he yeah, was unbelievable. Yeah. Like and and he is one of those defenders where you all, you can always go to that one attribute that they're not good at. Everything else is fine. Like he's not fast, orl. He's a clever defender. He just steps back. Like that's what he did. We didn't concede very many goals when he was in there. He played during that stretch where we were on fire where we were winning every game and not conceding as many goals. And then he came out and we chopped and changed. And then he saw a couple of leaky results come out where we were drawing and things like that. I think you have to try something different in that defence because right now it just isn't working at all. Like my, one of my biggest issues as well is like anybody gets injured in in the front half of the team, you've got another player and another player to bring in. Someone Someone gets injured, in that defence like the backup you just sat there like oh no like you know like without giving Del Quart any criticism whatsoever because I think when you buy a player for a million pound in Premier League they instantly get a buy completely because he's a million quid you're in Premier League where people spend £80 million on centre-backs like he's a million pound he's he's come in to be a number he's not coming to set the league alight he's come in to to be a rotation player and the expectations on his ability in the team is a lot less than what I'd say, like, Bayers is or Aldakils is because we spent a lot of money on those players at the time. Like, my, my biggest issue is just not not knowing his best defense, he knows his best attacking lineup, but because we have so many players that have so many different attributes, he can change it all the time. So, if you want somebody with quick feet, you bring on Zaruri Benson. If you want somebody in centre attack, if you want somebody in that cam roll to, you know, just be a brute force, you bring in Sander Burge, the defence is a really, really tricky situation at the moment. He needs to find his best for, his best back four, his best pack five and just roll with it. And then that's when you sit there and you can say, OK, I've played three games with this now. It's not working. Don't play a game against Luton and manage to win the game and then change the entire defence against
2: Chelsea. Yeah, that, that baffled me. That did baffle me. Man. Yeah. It just doesn't
3: make sense. And then, like I say, like I know what you're saying about Vitinho, but I think I think him being at the club is fantastic. I think him being the rotation right back is great because he gives you the other option. But then if he's starting, Charlie needs to do Connor Roberts' role. Charlie yeah. needs to be the one dropping in Vitinho as the one bombing on. I felt like when Vitinho came in, they both just carried on doing what they both normally do. And then that just left us so open. So then in the second half, it was like every time they went forward, you just thought they're going to score here. Yeah. Every single
2: time. It, it, it mainly because, um, what's he called? Raheem Sterling had the absolute freedom of the stadium. Like, I, I, It's not just yeah. Vitinho's fault. It was because a no, lot of what, the time we were, we were over the side and he wasn't getting enough protection from Trezor. But mm. still... I, th- I think with Connor Roberts there and maybe him doing the correct role, that probably would not have happened. But, but I just, the, the yeah, I, I agree food, with what you're oh saying. He needs to needs to find his best defense. Yeah, he And does. just stick with it. That's that's the main thing going forward. Mm-hmm. We need to do.
3: But th- those are my issues. though. like you, so like this is this is where you start going completely away from the football side of it a little bit and you start to go towards narrative a little bit. Like the narrative of some of our games this season, Chelsea have been shocking. They made us look like mugs. Raheem Sterling, last season, was called one of the si- flops of the season. This season, he's started just as poorly. He comes to Turf more and he looks unbelievable. How is that? That's not down to him because everybody else has made him come up. That's us playing into his hands. And we did the same with United, the same in the Chelsea game, the same with Bruno Fernandes. Bruno Fernandes scores a worldie against Burnley. He's been so quiet this season. He's done, he's done nothing all season, I don't think. He's been poor. Rashford looked all right against us. He's been rubbish this season. The narrative for us is we're making people look better than they are. And that needs to change because we're playing into teams and teams are just like, oh, we haven't had this against anybody else. Burnley giving us ball back constantly. So we need to try and do something. And then they just keep coming at us. Like I said, that second half against Chelsea, that first half, they looked like a defeated team. We looked like we could play football. We looked like we were playing around In the first half an hour, I thought we were really good. And then all of a sudden, second half comes around, concede three goals in like 15 minutes. And it's just like, what's the point? Like, Because this has all come from us. That's not come from their quality. That's just from yeah. us giving the ball away in cheap positions and good players putting the ball in the back of the net. So, yeah, that, that has to be called out. These 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 situations of people, you know, saying, We've played the top we've only played the top ten teams. It's like, all right, Brentford are thirteenth now. So when we play them this weekend and they go into they go into top ten, are we gonna say they're a top ten team as well? Like the thirteenth now. So we should be beating them surely, or we should be giving them a game. But as soon as they beat us, everyone will be like, Well, they're a top ten team. It's like, Well, nearly everybody's been a top ten team at one point. Burnley were when the start of the season we played no games. Like, you know what I mean? It, it's, I just think it's a ridiculous way of looking at looking at football. Is saying you're playing these good teams. There's no expectation. You have to go into every game and try and win games. And so far, we're not doing that very well at all.
2: Yeah, no, I, I, do, I do agree. I do agree with it in a way. Um, I think there's certain games where you you're not not that you have no expectation, but you've got to be like, look, listen. We're not going to, I didn't, I, di- I didn't mean to do a Sam there look, listen, but I'm saying like, <laughs> we, we, we can't, like, as Neil started the show, like he pointed out, like we probably didn't, you know what? In fact, not even, not even going back as far as what Neil said. I think a lot of us said at the start of the season, we ex- we will get some batterings, but we will give some batterings as well. I just think we've got the batterings that we expected of the teams that we expected to get the batterings off. The only problem with it is, is as you mentioned, Sam, we're giving people too much time on the ball. There's The batterings are happening, but they're happen- mm-hmm. happening in a way that we don't want to see. yeah. And I like a point that you made there, like everybody's come to Burnley or played Burnley and all of a sudden looked really good. And I'll stick with you on this, Sam. Sorry, Neil, because I just want to stick with the point that you made, Sam. Like, Is that why you think we've had so many worldies, as the kids say, against us? Because we're just giving people too much time. Like, Bruno Fernandes scored a real mm. goal, ended up getting a team of the bloody weak card or whatever. Same with Raheem Sterling, team of the weak card after he's played Burnley. Hudson-Odoi scores a fantastic goal against us. Bruno Fernandes has won goal of the month against us. What? Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, Hudson-Odoi. It's just, everybody scored a great goal again. Is that because we're giving them too much time on the ball? I mean, it is, but what, what are your thoughts?
3: Yeah, it is. It is, but I, I also think it's, it's a case of, Because of how we play, we like to play out from the back. So when we get the ball in a fullback and we try and play into midfield, as soon as we lose that ball, we're too slow to reset. Like, if we lose the ball, we need to be like, right, back in. Banks are four. Press the attacker. That's what what we did last season. Somebody wins the ball back. Everybody's around the ball. Three players around the ball. I think our attacking press is brilliant. But I think the press from defence and midfield together when they have the ball in the centre of the pitch, is really poor at the moment. I don't think they're working cohesively either. I don't think that when, when when you know, like when they get the ball on the wing and then they shift it inside. yeah. I always feel like with us now, players have enough time to carry the ball for three, four seconds, get towards the edge of the box. And then by this point, we're just backing away, backing away, thinking he's going to hit it or he's going to play a killer pass. And then when they do it, we're like, oh, it's gone past me. Oh, the ball's in the back of the net. And it's like, You you have to switch on to that type of stuff. We have to get wiser to the way that we're playing as well. So my thing with that is stick to how we're playing, like play out from the back, but get wise to the fact that we have lost the ball in attacking, in in defensive positions a lot this season. So when that happens, how do you react? Because at the moment it's like we react the same. It's like... oh. That pass didn't get through. What? Oh, oh now, oh, quick, get back. Oh, you won that, You got that. And then everyone's just all discombobulated and they score. And then at the end of it, you're like, as a fan, you just sat there going, what was that? What on earth was that? How have they just scored from us having a throwing? Like, mm. it, it's just madness. I really do think it's madness.
2: Yeah, no, uh, to be fair, I agree. We've not been good enough in in the press and we've not been good enough at at the back and we have been backing off too much. But John Robertson here says, we're a Ben me away from it clicking. Um, Need a boss back there, wish we'd signed Kuyate, Or dare I say, um, we're a Taylor Howard-Bellis away from it clicking. Um, Should have been somebody like that. But Neil, just going on from what John's comment there, how do we sort this out? Uh, Do we go back to Sam's point of sticking with a good organised defence and just sticking with the defenders? Yeah. yeah, I
0: think so. I think the only way they're gonna learn is by playing together and they're not gonna they're not gonna learn how each other plays. Last season we we knew pretty much what the team was gonna be barring injuries or suspensions. And they gelled, and look what happened when they gelled. They can't gel yeah. if he's changing it every week. And and if his question marks all the performances, they, they're just not gonna gel. So he needs to just decide. I think I agree with Sam, he knows he knows the attacking options, he knows who he wants up front. So, at the back, decide who your first choice is. Keep them fit for a start. Because, I mean, Bayer seems to be getting injured all the time now. So, yeah. keep try and keep them fit and then just play them and let them let them gel. And Because the defence needs to gel with each other, but they also need to gel with the attacking side as well. Mm-hmm. Part of that season was that when our full-backs or wing-backs, whatever, got the ball, they knew where Tello was going to be and they knew what runs was, was going to make or Benson was going to make. They can't do that now because it's changing each week. So, mm-hmm. yeah, stick to the team and play it. And, and let them grow together.
2: Yeah, no, I agree with that. There's been a lot of talk about injuries, so I've just gone on premierleagueinjuries.com and uh, looked at, um, you know, our injury list. So obviously at the minute you've got Johan Berg-Gubbertson out, uh, Manuel Benson out, Nathan Redmond out, I didn't even know that he was injured, uh, Jordan Bayer yeah. out, Ekdal out, and Oberfemi out. Every single one of them players except Oberfeme. now do not take this as gospel um, because these just go off press conference and stuff like that and obviously Vincent is a, is is worse than Sean Dyche in this sense that he doesn't give much away with the injuries. Mm-hmm. He just we just don't know when people are coming back. We, we just never get told anything. Um, partly, in my opinion, I think the journalists aren't asking the question enough. Um, I think they should always be asked. Um, but we're, we're not finding out much. Yet. Not that I watched the press conferences to be fair, so they could be asking the question and just say no. But I've never seen a clip of it. Um, but every single one of them: Gubbinson, Benson, Redmond, great name by the way, Bayer and Ekdal, are all potentially returning for the next match on the 21st or the 10th. So hopefully that's the case. But just going back, and I promise you, lads, um we will talk about some positives soon. Um But just going back to the points we we're making about the defence and the tweaking of it, if Bayer and Ekdal are both back, Sam, I'll start with you, do you bring them both in immediately or do you just bring that like, maybe Bayer in now and then Ekdal in the week after? Um
3: Bayer's your main centre-back. So... He's one of those players that you just say, right? You've come back from injury, prove that you're fit, get back in the team. Like that makes sense. Ekdal's been out for so long, and we haven't seen him for so long that if you rush him back and he gets injured again, it's pointless anyway because he could he could play brilliant forty-five minutes, pull up, and then that's it. Like you've lost him for two months again. So that that for me is pointless. You need. I feel like we should monitor him a little bit, but no, i i I'd, I'd probably I'd probably put Bayer back in and then and then leave Ekdal, put him on the bench, see if he can get like twenty-five minutes, something like that.
2: Yeah, Neil, your thoughts on that one?
0: I, I completely agree. Yeah, the last, he's, uh, Ekdal's been out for that long that it's he probably needs to build his fitness up and his match sharpness and stuff like that. So yeah, definitely bring bring Bayer in. He definitely he's first choice. He's a pretty Um and yeah, Ekdal just sort of gradually bring him in. But I do you think he needs to come in?
2: Yeah, no, I agree. I think it's time. Like we've said pretty much throughout the entire podcast, that we found the defense and we stick with it. And I think Bayer and Ekdal. Should be both in the team. It's going to be interesting to see how Wettdahl plays with his poor pace. But as Sam and somebody in the comments said, I think it was Andy... Um, you know, he reads the game very well. Um, so his pace shouldn't affect him as much as it would do if he didn't read the game well. Um, but let's move on to the more positive side of things. There's not been much, obviously. That's why it's taken us 50 minutes to get to to, to talk to anything positive. I've had I've had a few comments on the YouTube shows recently about people saying that we're too negative. I think I'm not. I think it's Sam that people are me are I think I'm quite that. positive. I'm quite no, positive. You are,
3: you are, it is me. Yeah. But I'm just not. I'm just not delusional. Like I'm watching the same game as everybody else is. I just. I'm just not going. Oh, we only lost 4 one getting Like you know, it's, we've looked rubbish. Like just we are, we've definitely, we have.
2: definitely looked poor at the back. But I've got a comment here when I announced the show, um, off Steve. Uh, he says, "Lads, my job means I drive around all day out here in Australia. Turfcast is worldwide, you know, boys." Um, massive, not having a pod massive. for a few days has been quite tough. Please give me some optimism. So, Steve, this right. next 10, 15, 20 minutes is just for you. Um, what are the biggest positives? For me, it's obviously Lyle Foster, mm-hmm. um, Luca mm-hmm. Um it just, it just needs... I know, obviously, I'm, it's weird. Like I always say he needs end products, but the stats prove he's kind of got it. He's got like yeah. three, four assists already. Um, but, yeah, he, he's obviously been a bright spot, uh, mm-hmm. a bright... Light, whatever you want to call it, in, this, in, in the team so far. And for me, Aaron Ramsey, now he should get played yeah. more. Uh, he, he played against Man United. he was brilliant in that first half. He was absolutely brilliant. There's going to be games where they, where they aren't for him, um, but in games where we're going to be on the ball quite a lot, we're going to get a lot of space, we're going to get a lot of time. He's, he's brilliant. He's been my favourite signing of the summer so far, I think, Ramsey. A lot of people will say, what about Cole I just Ramsey's shown so much quality. Whereas with Kolyosho, you can see a lot of rawness there. Um, I do think Callie Osha will be a very, very, very good player uh, when he's older. Um, but, uh, yeah, speaking of the positives, Neil, let's let's go to you. Your main positives uh, of the season so far?
0: So, I've got three. One is that uh, the emergence of Lyle Foster. And he, and he's pro- VK has been proven right on that one because he said he's a player there, didn't he, last season. And Foster spoke about his difficulties and stuff and he seems to put them behind him. And what a player we've got. He looks strong. He looks confident. When he yeah, gets he the ball, that. he does look like he's going to score. He, he genuinely does look like he's going to score when he gets the ball. um The other positive is that um I think Ramsey uh, Ramsey is another one, but the other one for me is that I think BK has found how to play sander hmm because because in the last couple of games, bird has looked really really good. He, sorry, sorry, where he didn't at the start, but he's found where to play him, and I think he's, he's that attacking side is is the positive for me. Attack wise, we look really good. Foster. And Burge finding out Burge's best position. Definitely.
3: Yeah. Is that a Fair dog emu? What is that?
0: <laughs> you alright? I said, Is that a <laughs> dog? <laughs> is that <an> <laughs> it's, it's a mental dog. Two of them. two of them going out here.
2: We'll move, we'll move on to you. Uh, yeah, I've got to say, we'll move on to you, Sam. I was just going to mute Neil's mic, but he's muted it for me. Uh, we'll move on to you. So we can't, we can't hear the, the dog going mental. Hopefully, hopefully he gets that sorted out. As Chronicles of Charles says in the chat, I think Berg has massively improved. I agree. I actually didn't like him at the start of the season, mm-hmm. but I didn't like how company was playing him. I thought company was playing him wrong. I had the Sheffield United fan on here from the Sheffield United way, and he said in his thick Sheffield accent, if you play Sander Berg in defensive because a lot of people fall into that trap, he will be rubbish. But if you mm. push him further forward, he will, that's exactly what's happened. He started mm-hmm. the season in defensive mid, played poorly. we've pushed him further forward. And he's, uh, for me, I'd, I'd have him pretty much switching between him and Ramsey, depending yeah. on the game that we have it, 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 in that position. A lot of people give me shit because I thought I dropped Andune. But I think Am Andune is better in that number 10 role than he's on the wings, but he's not as good as them to it, in my opinion. Um, mm. But Sam, let's go to you for the positives of the season so far. Um, what's what's your What's your main ones?
3: Yeah, I think I think first and foremost the attacking options is one of the biggest positives. Like I just think like the interchangeable nature that we have now with those attacking players. Like if it's not Luka, it's Redmond. If it's not Redmond, it's Zauri. If it's not Zauri, it's it's uh, it's Benson. Do you know what I mean? It's all. Why did you do that? meant you laughed, enough. <laughs> <you're laughing out. laughs> um I think I think the emergence of Sander Berge in this position I think is absolutely right. I think yeah. I'm the same as every other Burnley fan. Like I also, you took one look at Sander Berge and you're like, oh, he's a defensive mid, and he just isn't. He's been so good when he's been played in that attacking midfield role, and he does suit that role perfectly. It is a shame for Amaduni, but I also think Hamdouni started like he started quick and then he slowed down. Yeah. Um, so I do I do think there is so he is in my opinion I think he is getting the attacking. Kind of quarter of the team, right? I think he is seeing what games he's, like people are suited to. He's seeing when you know they're the maybe not up to speed in certain games, so he brings them out, says have a week away, you come off of the bench, and then you know reimmerse yourself in the team. I think Lyle's probably been one of the biggest ones. Or having a number nine in the team who can score goals and create chances, yes. and his hold up play has been unbelievable. His link up play has been really good as well. I think that's a huge positive because at the start of the season, one of the things that we had a conversation about was do we have enough goals in us? And I think with Lyle Foster in the team, I absolutely do think we do. I think he's easily going to break 10 goals because he's been brilliant. Um, and then ov- the obvious one is Luka, isn't it? Like, I mean, he's yeah. so creative, so exciting to watch. Like, we've been crying out for a winger for, for years who's just going to beat his man. And now it looks like we've got six or seven, um, you know, obviously. And then... To, to add it all in, like you say, you've got Ramsey who can come off the bench. We've got Trezor, who I still don't think has found his right position yet. I think he needs to have a go in that 10-roll at some point and see how he gets on there. But he's also still another positive because while we've got all these attacking players, he's still a player that I don't think has been given the, the a fair whack in a, in, the, in the correct position that he, he probably should play Um yeah. So yeah, I think I think the attacking side of the team is very, very positive. I think we're gonna get the goals. I think we will score some goals against some teams as well. I think, you know, we could go to we could go to Goodison and win 2 3-0 or 2-3-1, because we probably will concede a, a goal. Um like, but what I mean is there is positives to take from the attacking side of it. Like when we talk about the negative of the defensive side of it. In my opinion there's no negative to the attacking side of it whatsoever i think he's getting that completely right and i think company does deserve the praise for that because he, he's getting that attacking another bear or scoring the other day he looked very yeah. very good as well so i think he is getting he it right well. from an attacking standpoint absolutely so i think he deserves a credit for that especially
2: yeah, good. I'm glad you mentioned Audubon because I would have completely forgot about him. But he looked fantastic against Chelsea, to be yeah, fair. Um, very, very impressed with him. I'm glad you mentioned Trezor. We will move on to that in a second. But I just want to quickly read out some of the comments. Avalon Mars says, Frontline looks really good. Hard to believe it's a complete new front three. Who would have thought Lyle Foster would be our best player? We need an experienced midfielder and defender it could help. Uh, JB Sports said, think Trafford's a waste of £20 million. Roberts has not been good enough, same with Al Keel. I feel we should have 9-10 points at this stage if we weren't cheated at Forest and would have been better in other games. Uh 6, 7 maybe, 9, is probably a yeah. bit ambitious there, John, looking at the teams that we've played. Uh, Chronicles of Chard, I, I've mentioned that comment, uh, so I'll quickly take that off. Uh, S Wellerman says, Luke Foster will be an Ivan Tony region, watch your space, mate, don't worry, he goes on to correct himself, but don't worry, every time I type out Luke on my uh, Lyle Foster on my iPhone, it changes it to Luke, I'm fed up with it, absolutely <laughs> fed up with it. Um, And Andy Benny says, I think Trezor is another similar to Foster last season where he will be good all the time. And that brings Mm -hmm. me on nicely to Mike Trezor. Uh, Yeah, he's not looked great so far, but I'm one of these that, due to my job, I do have to watch other leagues. Uh, And he looked really good last year. Admittedly, in the Belgian League, I'm going to openly be honest and say, yes, there is a bit of a gap in difference between the quality between the Belgian League and the Premier League. But he won the Player of the Year last year. And he he won the Player of the Year in that left forward role. Which is where Cole also has been playing, which I feel is why when Trezor played, when he came, did he come on at half-time or something once? But then he swapped them round and he put Trezor on the left. I think it was United. against Man United. Yeah, did he yeah. start again? He did, he started. Yeah. And then and then he swapped them yeah. round, didn't he? And everyone's like, why has he done that? Why has he done that? Well, it's Gunn because
3: got he got injured, didn't he?
2: Oh, is that, is that what it was? Right, yeah. 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 But then, it, then he swapped them round, brought Trezor on. I was like, why has he done that? Why has he done that? And I think that's because he did so well in that left forward role last season in the Belgian League. But I agree with you. I'd like to see him in this in this number 10 role. But it's it's difficult getting him in there. And and I'll stick with you, Sam, because you've mentioned Treasure already. But what your thoughts on him, like I think he will come good. I think Andy makes a brilliant point there about he will be good over time. He just needs time to settle into this squad, doesn't he? And time to settle in the way we play. Because look at the difference between Lyle Foster last season and this season. I genuinely knew he was going to score against Luton. When he was through on goal, I was like, 100% he's scoring. That's where I'm mm-hmm. at with him now. Whereas last season, we had the debates on him many a times, That like, do we think he's even good enough for the Championship? And whereas now, we're all like, yeah, he's good enough mm-hmm. for the Premier He's going to be fantastic. I think is another example of that. I think he will be brilliant. We just need to make sure... I think Trezor's one of the one of the main ones that we signed in the summer. That if we went down, he wouldn't stick around. So I think yeah. if we want to see the best of Trezor, we need to make sure we stay in this league.
3: Yeah, hundred percent. I think the thing with me with Trezor is like, regardless of what league you're in, to get more stats on the board than some players across Europe, regardless whether you're in the Belgian league or not, you have to be some kind of you have to be a good footballer to do that. Um. We signed him as probably our main signing. He was like the the main player that everybody wanted and I'm still 100% in that boat. I still want him in this team. I think one of the things is the amount of attacking options that we've got, it's like a blessing and a curse. Like Because there's so many attacking options, you can't play everybody all at once. So mm-hmm. you have to try and find people's best positions and it is ever so slightly unfortunate for Trezor that, not for us, but for Trezor, that... Kole come coming and done what he's done because you can't drop him on that left hand side, in my opinion, because he's he has no, been think. so good. So if you do play Trezor, he's on the right hand side, a position that he hasn't played. And yeah, I just I, I I do think I do think he'll come good, and I do think he needs the time because Foster got the time, and I think you have to be fair with players. Like this system is so this system is so difficult that you have to you, you have to give players time, but. He will come good. He's a good footballer. He's got he's got a lot of ability. And I also think some of the games that he's been put into as well have been a little bit unfair. Like, you put him on against United, and then you switch sides when Coley Osho's just gone at Dallo, And it's like, he has to try and yeah. find his way into the game, even if he's 15 minutes in. Like, that's still hard. And then the other games, it's like, we haven't really been great in the other games he's played in, have we, really? Like, yeah.
2: So, I'd like, like, to, not, see, I'd like not, to see he's him in that long either, has he? Yeah, I'd, I'd like to see him in a game where we have a lot of the ball, like your Brentfords yeah. or your Bournemouths. I'd like to see how he gets on in one of them games. But then it's difficult because these games are so massive. Do you bring in someone who's still trying to find their feet? Mm-hmm. I'd, I'd like to see him in one of them games, but I, I probably wouldn't start him, if that makes sense.
3: Yeah. Yeah, I agreed. I do yeah. agree.
0: Yeah. Neil, your thoughts uh, then on Trezor? I, th- I think he'll come good. I think, unfortunately, like Samuel Sox saying, he's a victim that because VK has sussed out the front line and because the front line's consistent, which which is exactly what needs to happen with the defence, it's going to be hard for him to get in because it's working. So he's not going to change it whilst it's working. I think it's going to take an injury or or a bad run of form for one of the players for him to come in. But he's not been here that long. So I think he's, he's still finding his feet and I think he will grow into the season. And I think second half of the season, we'll probably see the best of him. When he's mm, yeah. when he's more comfortable at the club he knows the system VK sussed out the rest of the of the of the um the team um and it's gelled if it's going to be book you know yeah. um i think i think the second half he'll grow into the season there's a player there and i know mm, i know yeah. what you're saying, league is is weak. but benson came from there and yeah. you know um we've seen that there are some quality players there uh belgium national team's good so you've obviously got some good players there um so, yeah, I think we have got a player. I think he's just unfortunate for him that the front line's working at the minute, so there's no reason to change it. The only other
3: shout now for that front line is Jakob Brun Larsen has to start the next game.
2: I said that yeah. against yeah. Chelsea. I was like, he did so well when he came in. For me, mm-hmm. I'd have Corley Osho on the left, um, Ramsey in the 10, uh, Brun Larson on the right and Foster up front, that'd be my mm-hmm. front four. That's exactly what I'd do against Brentford.
3: And then you've got all these creative players who can change a game coming off of the bench. You've got Benson, Zuri, yes. Trezor, you know, Burge, like diff- different players that change it up. So if you're a defender, you're like, oh, Luke has been running at me all all game, and now Benson's trying to you know flick it inside and Ben one in top corner. Like then on other wing, you've got Trezor, who's just quick feet, squaring it across the box. Like th- this is what we've this is what we've asked for for a long time, so now we've got it with all these interchangeable players and being able to change it all around it is exciting to see we just need to utilize it now and stop messing about yeah right?
2: that that's that's the main point so we started the podcast saying our defense is shit, we need to make it better and we've gone full circle and we're gonna start looking at wrapping it up now with ending it by saying yeah the attack's good but we need to sort it out at the back yeah. so it's basically took us an hour to say the same thing that we did at the start, <laughs> um, but before so I do in. wrap it up, obviously, like I, I we're normally about an hour mark. But is there anything that you boys uh, wanna wanna discuss we haven't discussed? Like I missed talking about Order Bear, for example. Uh, Andy report of comment in, so many options up front, and I'm doing. He hasn't really been mentioned yet. Mention him briefly, but yeah, yeah, um I do like I'm doing. He's, he's just gone off the boil a little bit recently, Um and, and I, just, I think he's better time. in the ten roll. And but yeah. there's at the minute I'd, I'd, I'd have other people ahead of him in that ten roll. I thought it was a little bit. Um, absent in the games that he's played on the on
3: the wing for me. Mm. Some some of the games that he has played as well recently, like the United game like should have scored. Like so Yeah, in I mean, those a lot situations, of that he's
2: missed.
3: Yeah. Yeah, like in those situations, like you can't it's it's the same as anything in life. Like you can't have positive reinforcement when you're not doing what you should be doing. Like his overall game is fine, but if you're not finishing the chances that you're getting given, like then you have to try something else. And that's what we've done. Yeah. And then Sander Berger's gone in that 10-roll and looked great. Ramsey's done the same. So he's not been shoehorned out, but what he has been is dropped for more informed players. But we are still going yeah. to see Anduni because there's clearly a player that I mean, his feet yeah. are ridiculous. Like, he's so good yeah. on the ball. And this 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 is, all, this is all part of this master plan that company and Alan Pearce have had with buying millions of attacking players. Like, we now have a player that is good at something everywhere across the pitch, except from obviously defensively. But we've talked,
2: yeah. Yeah. Uh, Avalon Mars says, I like to see more of Benson, don't think he's had a fair crack yet. Uh, yeah, I agree with that. He's not been fit, has he? He's not been fit, though. No, he's not been been that fit. fit And and, and, and at the minute, we've got better informed players as well. Um, Yeah. Just, just how it is. Right, um, we'll, we'll end it there then, boys. But I, I was going to bring the Premier League table in t- to put on screen and be like, "Oh, shall we stay up?" But my keyboards run out of battery, so I can't <laughs> actually do that. <laughs> um, but we'll, 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 I'll paint the picture. Sheffield United bottom, then Bournemouth second bottom, then it's us third bottom, Luton fourth, and then I'm not can't remember off the top of my head who it is over that because I haven't even got my phone on me, uh, so I oh, can't well. check on my phone. Um, but I'll start with you, then Neil. While Sam tippy taps through his phone to get the Premier League table for us. Um, do you think we stay up, or are you more in the sense of now, after watching us the first seven or eight games, that we are
0: doomed to
2: relegation?
0: No, I think we'll. St- I
2: think we'll stay up. VK will get it right. There we are. Correct. So there we go. Just just to cut in on, on on Neil there. Sheffield at the bottom, as I said. Then Bournemouth, Then Burner, then, then Luton. Then Everton. Then Brentford. Big game. Brentford are struggling this yeah. year. They're struggling that tournament. Don't get me wrong; they've got some good players. Is it Umboemo? Mm. Probably pronouncing that wrong. Good, good mm. players at the back in Pinnock, Ben. Me, obviously, we all know Collins not as good. Uh, thanks for that handball, pal. Um, but still, probably better than some of the defenders uh, that we've got in the team at the minute. Mm. Big game, good, it's going to be a difficult one. They've got some good players, but they are struggling. Like, they got beat against Everton, for God's sake, who, who a lot of people at the start of the season were saying they're going to struggle. And I think they will struggle, but I think ultimately they'll be okay. You know, my bottom three, say, you know well, exactly well, what people
3: will say. Oh,
0: they were top 10 last year, so well, we shouldn't be beating them.
2: Right. <laughs> yeah. Some will, but I think now it's time to be like, right. I would... It's obviously... Right, a minimum from that game is a point, like minimum, because it's away from home. Absolute minimum. But at the same time, if we play very well against them, mm-hmm. but lose one 0 for example, or lose two, you know, I think some people would take comfort in that. But mm-hmm. I think I think we have now got to start putting points on the board. Point minimum. And it's just annoying that it's away from home. It's annoying that the next two are away from home, but that's where our only wins come from, and we did very well against Forest away from home as well. I think at the minute the pressure of the turf is, is probably a little bit much or or the or the poor atmosphere of the turf. Um but winnable games and need to start putting points on the board. We just need to perform. That's it. Like
3: give us a good performance and lose. Fine. That is fine. Don't give them two goals and then chase the game for like 60 yeah. minutes. Like, don't pass the ball out from the back and pass it to Embuemo and he scores first time. Like just don't do that. If you don't do that, I'll back it all the way to the end of the season. If we didn't... Oh, Lauren, go away.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I know how annoying that is because it's probably come from his laptop as well. Uh, that happens to me all the time when I'm doing live. She's going to shout at me now. Well, just just, just, just just to avoid Sam's just just to avoid bro, just to avoid do not disturb on
0: put, do not disturb yeah, on professional. Just from. to avoid Come Sam's
2: bro. domestic uh, a comment here from from Kenny says I think VK has made an ops by in Trafford. He would be better when older. Yeah, we've, we've I presume you're late to the party, Kenny, which is fine. I know you live in Canada, um, because we are worldwide, as I've said. Um, yeah, he would be massive. better when order, completely. Gay. Also, Luton signed Andros Townsend for one season. Another ops. I think ops means mistake. I think that's what you're trying to say. It might be a Canadian oops. thing. I think I it means know. oops. Another oops. Oh, yeah. Fair enough. Um, he's not signed there for a season. He's signed from January because, as I've said, I don't know if people keep telling me that I'm wrong, but I'm not wrong, but he failed the medical at Burnley. Or they didn't like the look of his knee. And mm-hmm. Luton, that's why Luton haven't signed him for a full season. Autist, stop. Luton, they've signed him until January. Because I presume the same issue. Um, I think nobody trusts that knee that he has. Um, but yeah, thank you um for that, Kenneth. Um, but yeah, what we saw before Sam what we saying before Sam had a big domestic. I can't remember if I'm honest with you. Sam, uh, I'll we'll you go. what we to up. it, it was That's uh, right. whether we'll stay up or not. Stay up? I, I yeah. think we will, mate. I
0: think I think we will. I, I still think purely because we'll get goals and VK will get that defence right. He will. It's mm-hmm. just taking longer than I think any of us thought it would because he seems like he's pretty clued on and you see the documentary and how he works and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. Um he will get it. I think I think because we're creating chances and Foster's scoring them, I'd, I'd be more worried if we weren't creating chances and we weren't scoring. Mm-hmm. That's where I'd be worried because I'd be like, well, you attack shit and defensive shit, that's it. We're doomed. For me, the only doubt I've got at the minute is the manner of the performances. I don't mind losing if we've played if we've just been outplayed by a better team. The fact that we've Rolled over is, is the most concerning thing for me now. So these games now are big. We need to win these games. And and hopefully in two weeks' time, we're looking at it, we've got another six points. Um, because for me, we should be winning these now. Mm-hmm. Um, we've got another six points and it'll look a little bit brighter for me. Um, yeah. But so I, we, I still we beat, think ultimately I think we'll be all
2: right. Yeah, we beat Bournemouth last season. So if we lose against them this season, that'll put an end to the... Which team's better this season or last season debate, mm-hmm. um, and that was yeah. that was our B team pretty much last season. Um, Sam, I know you were chatting before the form went off. Uh, just want to rem- uh, remind us what you were saying. D- do you think we'll stop up, or do you think it's it's doomed to relegation?
3: No, I, I do think we'll stay up. Like I, I I still have confidence. Like amidst everything that we're saying, like I'm not I'm not talking about Burnley on a on a whole. Like I'm not saying like this is going to be it all season and this is just rubbish. I'm saying the last eight games that we've just watched. In my opinion, there's not as many positives to take out of it. But it's still a long season. Like, there's still 30 games left to go. And these next two games are a huge indication of where we actually are. Like, if we play Brentford and Bournemouth and lose both, that's when I'll be like, this is hard, this. Like, we, we are so far adrift now. But if we can get some points in those games, 100%, I think, we'll be fine. But I don't think it'll be comfortable, like people say. I think it'll be 16, 17, like, and then kick on next season. But... Yeah, I'm still confident. I've I still got the confidence. I still back the manager completely, still back all the players. I just think we just a, a switch just needs to be flicked. We need to go to the next level.
0: I think ultimately, I think this this has happened a lot quicker than anybody thought it would. I think I think the plan was that we would still be in the championship at this point. So I just yeah. think we just need to we just need to like trust this through and, and not overreact. If, if ultimately we do go down, I think we try and keep Finney um and let him see this project through. I don't think we will, to be fair. I think no. it'll be off awesome if we go down, but um but we need to stick with this this philosophy because I think we are I think we have come ahead of schedule. Um ultimately. So mm. whatever happens, I think we stick I think we stick with this.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I agree. I agree. I think we stick with him. I think we stick with uh, how we're doing it. I do think we stay up personally. I think the bottom three will be Sheffield United, Luton, and Bournemouth. And I know it's pretty easy to say because they're the current three teams around us, but Sheffield United are abysmal. They are genuinely abysmal. You just said there, Neil, like, I'd be worried if we weren't creating chances and, and we were conceding. That's yeah. that you basically summed up Sheffield United. Luton, yeah. there's only so much you can do after, you know, spending 30p. They looked good against us in the second half. Yes. Did, did well against Everton, but a very poor Everton side at that point. Everton have since come a bit better. Um, and then Bournemouth. The only way Bournemouth stay up is if they're sat their manager and get a new manager bounce. And I think when if, if, if they might end up doing that soon, so I'm, a little, I'm the team I'm most worried about is Bournemouth. Um, but Everton will be in and around us. I think Brentford will be in and around us. They're not getting spoken about as much because Tony's not going to play for them again. I think he's off no. as soon as his band's back. So they're going to struggle. They've got some decent players, admittedly. Um, I think Forrest... Um, uh, we'll be okay, but we'll be in and around us. Um, there's there's a few teams, there's a few teams, but I, I think we stay up. Wolves, I, I, Wolves I do as think well think we stay up. Wolves as well. I had them for going down at the start of the season, you know, but I've changed my mind on that. They, they look quite good in certain games. Um, Gary O'Neill's gotten quite well organized, kind of similar to us on the dash. um, in the organized sense. So I do think we'll stay up, yeah, but I think, I think my, I did go on the overlap. I don't know if I mentioned it, I went on the overlap, but I did go on the overlap and say. I think we will finish anywhere between 11th and 14th. I'm going to be a bit more reserved with that now. I think we can. I think we can get 16th, maybe 15th at best. I think we can potentially finish above Wolves as well, uh, Everton as well. But I think then it'll be very close with them. Very close. Mm -hmm. I think I've been quite impressed with them since that Luton game. Yeah. 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 But yeah, I think it'll be all right. Anything else you want to shoehorn in, lads, before we say goodbye to everybody? Mm, Uh, I'll take that as a no Hold
1: up, what was that?
2: Away days are fantastic, especially when you win the league at Ewood Park. But there's still nothing quite like playing at home. The same goals for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You win? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18+, plus. serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Oh, I will take that as a no. Um, so, yeah, we'll start wrapping it up here then. We have gone a little bit overboard. So, thank you to everybody watching. Thank you, lads, for sticking by us for an extra 15 minutes. Um, G- Graham says, great show, chaps. Thank you. Uh, Paul Yates says, it's VK's puzzle to work out and then we'll be fine Andy Benny says cheers guys managed to catch you live for a change keep the faith Chronicles of Shard says it was nearly a year ago when our turning point last season was against Sunderland away Brentford away is going to be the game where everything clicks hopefully mate because I was at Sunderland and I'm going to Brentford as well the ticket arrived yesterday thank you to the guy and the girl um, that sold me the two tickets to uh, Brentford because I did sleep on them and missed out. um Kenny Bridges says you just can't, you, you just can't think it's going to come suddenly. We will stay up here a long season. And Andy Benny says, take care, take care, guys. Well, thank you for that, Andy. We will take care. Thank you, everybody for watching. Thank you, everybody for listening. Thank you to the lads definitely for coming on. Uh, if you've joined the stream late, don't worry. When it ends, it becomes a standalone video so you can watch it at your leisure. And if you'd rather go out somewhere and, uh, and listen to us on a podcast. And you can do that. Just just head to your favorite podcast streaming service, whatever it is, podcast provider. And we will be there. But thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time. Goodbye. Bye. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mates have already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Ornament delivery now on the McDonald's app. You in?
1: Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.
0: This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network.
2: TalkSport. Powered by fans.